Hello, and welcome to Vitamins for Breakfast, the place where you, the listener, is able to feed your spirit and soul through connection. My guests share their real-life stories, uncensored and unapologetically. Life makes us feel as if we need to hide what makes us human, but this podcast is dedicated to highlighting everyone who isn't ashamed of their inner humanity. So welcome to your weekly dose of Vitamins for Breakfast. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vitamins for Breakfast, the podcast dedicated to shining light on people to promote more connection amongst each other. Across me today sits a woman who is truly a gem. Her go-getter mentality combined with her genuine spirit is what makes her one of a kind. Despite the constant currents that have came her way, Lissy has always found a way to keep her head above water without cracking under pressure. While this strong exterior is what you see when you pass her by on the streets, inside she is overflowing with love, and I have been able to see it firsthand. And you will be fortunate enough to witness some of it today on Vitamins for Breakfast. Lissy, how are you? Talk to me. Oh my god, you are like this. Man, this is super nice. This is, um, thank you for your words. Just <laughs> like a speech. Yeah. <laughs> She's no, like no, accepting no. her speech uh, right now. <laughs> I don't like so much attention. I know. A lot of us don't. And that's why I love doing this. Cool. So, Lissy, I brought you on today because you're just this type of person that like really delivers it how it is to people. And that shit is fucking hard to accept. But you know how to do it in a way where it comes off like it's still very sincere and it's not coming off from a place of really judgment and more of like, yo, I'm really just trying to help you. So I don't know if that's always your intention, but you do a really good job in making it come off that way. On top of that, though, you have this like tough exterior, like I mentioned, and you sometimes look unapproachable. You know, like I told you, I saw I saw this girl one day on the train, not even on the train. I was like walking from Times Square and I see her face and I'm like, oh, my God, what happened to her today? She looks like she's going to punch somebody. What is it about you that gives that off? Um, I definitely think I could start like it's my mom. Like she's just very stern go get a woman like mm-hmm. get up and do what you gotta do um yeah, yeah. and then it's definitely just both of my parents i'll give it to my dad too like he's hard working he woke up he wakes up woke up and now every time but every morning <laughs> yeah to just do what he has to do and even if he had multiple things to do he'll take a nap get up do the rest of the half of the day yeah i'm just like you just gotta Get up and do it. Like, <laughs> no excuse. But yeah, and I think it's just when you're thinking about what you're gonna do, where you're going for the day. Like if you're walking to the train, mm-hmm. you're just like, all right, I gotta get on this train to get to that train. If I'm making any transfers mm-hmm. to get there at this, like even when I was coming here, I was like, boom, boom, boom. Tunnel like, vision. Just, yeah, like tunnel vision. Like uh-huh. you're just walking through. Half of the time though, I'm listening to music. Right. So, but that's the motivation. The yeah. Music. Like, <laughs> <laughs> in my head, I'm like smiling. Yeah. Bringing up a whole dance, but in your face, girl, your face. face Yeah, I don't know. I think that that also comes with like my family. Like we just got tough, angry faces. (laughs) She's like, it's been passed down from generation to generation. (laughs) So (laughs) we there. My mom looks. My mom looks super mean on the street too. (laughs) Well, now you know it's been passed down from generation to generation. 
I honestly like for me personally I feel like it's an unintentional protection shield that I also carry do you feel like it has anything to do with also this especially as a New Yorker like we have this protection type of mode that we have to be on you don't feel like that also influences you too yeah yeah a hundred percent I can definitely agree with that especially it can either be of like past traumas that you've had or like things that even just simply trying to protect yourself against someone mentally could just portray mm. that on your face. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. But also, like, if you want to relate it to culture and community, like, if you're walking down the block and you don't want the, the dude to highlight you, <laughs> you just gotta be like, all right, from this corner to this corner, I'm gonna put this face. Ooh, I feel that and then on when I turn so many levels. levels. <laughs> I feel that on so many levels. Sometimes I'm glad you said that. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to hear none of I'm so happy you said that because that's literally what I wanted to ask you next. Do you feel like growing up in the Heights, because you're from Washington Heights, you grew up in Washington, are you born and raised in Washington Heights? No, so I was born in Midtown, uh-huh. um, Upper West Side. Not she worked her way up? I worked, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely did. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Not a lot of people know that, but... Yeah, because then I would get the whole, oh, you're bougie. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm not bougie. That's what just my parents My mom just pushed me out. <laughs> oh, shit, they left there? I thought you just was born there. Excuse well, me. No, you are bougie. bougie. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, we lived in that area. Yeah. It was like Upper West Side, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to get into it because then it gets real. It's going to come at you. It's going to come at you. <laughs> so but then after that, we moved. we moved to the Heights. I needed my own room. I was right. growing up. Um, had a stepdad at the time, so I got she got she wanted her space too. Uh-huh. And we moved to Heights and it was dope. Living 180 in Washington Heights, uh-huh. for a wash uh-huh. um, by the bridge. Yeah. And it's, ever since then, I've been there for like 15 years now. And do you feel like the culture, because I really feel like Washington Heights, it's like people separate Washington Heights from Manhattan. It's like not even Manhattan, it's Washington Heights. Do you feel the culture kind of shape how you are? Um, For sure. I mean, the Washington Heights culture, I guess, like, after I moved there. Right. But, like, my Dominican culture. Son, I lived on the <laughs> Upper West Side on 86th Street. Like, everybody white. Uh-huh. Um, on my side, there was a lot of immigrants. There was a lot of Africans. A lot of, um, maybe it was just that building. So, to me, growing yeah. up there, since I was so small, it yeah. felt big, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, So, that building was full of Brazilians, a few whites. Yeah. Um, Puerto Rican, Spanish, everybody. It was kind of like the Upper West Side, but all the the, the projects were there too, yeah. nearby. Yeah. So, we was cool. It was kind of like a little Spanish Harlem on the Upper West Side. I got you. Um, And there was hotel motels on the avenue as well, so, because it was touristy, but you know, cheaper uh-huh. area because it's more uptown. Uh-huh. So, just, what was talking about here? The, the <laughs> over... So yes, so my I was living in a white neighborhood, but the culture was still there. Every yeah, I feel home, at home, yeah. every party you went to, yeah. you was going to the culture. Uh-huh. After moving to um, Washington Heights, yeah, after I got older, yeah. the culture started to increase uh-huh. on me. Like yeah. the art, the music, the people mm-hmm. on the streets mm-hmm. when you outside in the summer. The guys the trying to holler at you. The guys <laughs> trying to holler at you. All winter, summer, spring, fall. <laughs> No matter the weather, baby, yeah, I'm out here. <laughs> but it was it was cool because now I got to see. I I don't experience hanging out on the block with your family throwing barbecues or whatever yeah. when I was on 86 because yeah. it was an area of 
maybe white mm-hmm. or upper high class touristy. Yeah. Coming from 42nd, you going up, you still gotta look nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and all of that was cut off. Like, you probably would have <laughs> called the cops. But what I used to experience every summer in DR, yeah. I kind of got to experience that growing up in the Heights after gotcha, I was there. Gotcha. So it was more like homey. Uh huh. I feel so you. The transition just, wasn't wasn't difficult. It wasn't. No. It didn't feel like something completely foreign to you. It's like taking someone like out of the hood and moving them to like a you know the suburbs. Like that shit's yeah. fucking weird. Like this didn't mm-hmm. like really. Not moving up just because I knew the culture from beforehand, although I didn't experience it okay. when I was younger. Yeah, up. got you. So. so speaking of like the timeline, like um, from from like middle school. We'll, we'll, we'll start on middle school. When you were in middle school, did you consider yourself to be a part of like any group? You know how you know all schools kind of had their groups of popular kids, the nerds, the 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 kids who like were just to themselves, or the kids who were like you know into sports, whatever. Like the the kids that were athletic. Like, do you feel like you were a part of a group, or did you guys start your own? Like in middle school specifically? Yeah, in middle school. Um, I want to start there first. I don't know if it was part of a group, I guess. Not titled a group, mm-hmm. like, you know, the popular girls. Okay. No. <laughs> like, or those are the mean girls. Okay, no. okay. No, it was just, you know, when you just enter a facility, you just click with a few amount of people. Yeah. Like one person, two yeah. person, three person. It yeah. was definitely four of us. Uh-huh. Um, and Y'all were mobbed up together every fucking day. Tell <laughs> your shit. <laughs> Go to the store, get your breakfast. Right. Walk down the street with your iPods, listening to like Mariah Carey or something. <laughs> the girl next to me would. She was like, Mariah Carey to the end of her. And I'm here like, girl. Bitch, you put that fucking tea paint on. <laughs> like, <laughs> Chris Brown and T-Pain, bitch, kiss, kiss, fuck that. So it was cool, yeah, it was, of course, there was, like, a mean one, a cute one. Okay. The one that you So you guys had, like, your own kind of hierarchy within your own group. (laughs) It wasn't a hierarchy, but you could tell the different personalities that were in there. Okay, I got you. Because. Where do you feel like, what do you, who who are you in that group? Bitch, if you say the mean one, I'm going to be dying. That's on the exterior. It all makes sense. <laughs> no, I was not the mean one. Okay. The mean one was Tatiana. Okay. Ooh, that, it was that's why they dedicated a whole song to her. Actually, you know what? That would have been her character right there. She would have just busted down. Um, so which one were you? I don't know. I wasn't mean. I was, I was, so, I'm always, I was always nice. Uh-huh. But I was, I guess I was like the mediator, like, okay, y'all okay. really think we should do that? <laughs> <laughs> but all right, we're gonna do y'all that. Can, to we, can we do Okay, you know? okay. So I guess I was the mediator. Because then we had like the bubbles of the Powerpuff Girl, like, ah, uh, okay. not slow, but like she always catch everything late. <laughs> and you just be there, like, for real, girl. <laughs> it sounds like you're the like, one and then like the bougie one. The yeah. bougie one was my homegirl. That's what I was listening to Mariah Carey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, the bougie one. <laughs> right now she's in Las Vegas. Uh, she's living. On some beach club, and I was like, see? She doing this. She kept that bougie. She kept it up, you know? So then transitioning over to high school, did you carry on this mediator to your next group, or did you transition into, you know, a different type of group? Um, I'm always about keeping friends, like. Okay. I like, although my immediate circle might not be like big, besides that immediate circle, there's like 
a bunch of amazing people that I love yeah. and that are close to me. Yeah, yeah. That although they're not my immediate circle, yeah. I still feel like yo, they're close to me. Of course. And then you got acquaintances. And yeah, 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 yeah. Whoever spread it out, spread it out. Yeah. But um, I carried it. Though you still had your, you and all your friends in middle school went to high school together? No, we did not all go to the same high okay. school. We all went to different high schools. Uh-huh. Right, Carrie didn't go with you? No, she went to MLK okay. right on 60-something. Okay. But she, I, but with her, I carried it on because I remember I told her she was my homegirl homework. Like, yeah. sleepovers, we going to the museum There's together. There's levels like, to it. That, you know, she, she was, she <laughs> she was, was at a higher game. level. <laughs> it was just, we got into the group together, so I guess I feel we you all leave together. <laughs> But we didn't leave. we didn't go nowhere. <laughs> um, we still here. <laughs> yeah, follow follow one of them. Yeah. On Instagram. We still keep in touch here yeah. and there. Uh-huh. With my bougie bestie. Yeah. Um, I went to her high school graduation. She went to mine. That was okay. kind of like the last big part. I got you. Um she got her friends along the way in high school, I got mine. But we still have that connection, like you that nigga. Yeah, nigga. I feel. Oh, yeah. okay, I like that. You my nigga. You my nigga. <laughs> you my nigga. My nigga. But no, but yeah. So like right now, I know she's in Las Vegas and like right. comment on you each other's stuff. You keep up. You keep up with her. You keep up with her. So with her, I haven't hung out recently, but it's still there. The so still we there. we clear that you did take the middle school friends with you, so you got new friends. And how were you in high school? How would how would you describe your high school experience? Like it doesn't have to be, you know, like you know, this whole freshman to senior year, but how would you describe it? Dope. Dope. Okay. Dope. I wish y'all saw the hand gesture. It's like she threw Dope. some dice or but she was I don't know. My high school experience was awesome. Uh-huh. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Like I got a lot of my open minded experiences from there. Okay. I got amazing friends from there. Okay. People that I still hang out with today. Yeah. Like not hang out with them every day, but we have our barbecues and we chill and we and see yeah, each other. And it's and still love. Yeah, like it's, it's, still it's love. pretty close. It's still yeah. pretty close. So it's it's literally dope. Usually when people ask you like, when was the best times of your life? A lot of people say college. For you it's high school. Nah, for me it's high school. And a lot of people that I've known have always said, nah, high school was like horrible. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I can't relate. Yeah. Like. You had a different experience. I had a different experience. That's dope. I'm glad that you did like it. I didn't necessarily hate high school, but I didn't, I wouldn't say that I loved it. But I'm really, I'm really happy. I mean, for sure, that. I had my disappointments. Yeah. You had the fights, the arguments. Yeah. Like, the things we experienced outside of after school. Right. Um, right. But nah, all through all of that, experience, man. You just experiences, you know, yeah. you learn. Yeah. You who you are now. And while you were in school, did you ever experience like? Um, bullying or being gossiped on, people talking smack about you. Did that? Yeah, I definitely did, but it was more in middle school. More middle school. Yeah, like not in high school. Okay. Elementary school, like fifth grade. I was always chubby when I was younger. Yeah. Like I was a little fat baby. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I went. Yeah, I was a fat baby. <laughs> she she no, tried to justify shit. Nah, I gotta accept it. You can see all my pictures of this chubby face yeah. all the time. So it was, but half of the time, I can't really like say it. It affected me completely. But yeah, I would cry. I would go home and feel some type of insecurity about myself, whatever that may have been or look like at the age. Of yeah, like yeah, yeah. So you're yeah, and then. Um, but I'm still chubby and I still look in the mirror. <laughs> you fired. I hope you're here. Exactly, bitch. Um, but no, but, it's dope. And 
Yeah, but not so much in high school. In high school, I guess I started to get tough for character. Yeah. Not really care. Uh huh. Whatever you was dealing with home at, like whatever you was dealing with at home, you right. you high school was your free time. So it's like you nobody trying to deal with that. Exactly with all that insecurity yeah. and shit. I say that because we have a lot of youth out here that are now having to like learn how to build a tough exterior because the schools are becoming very difficult now like the social aspect of it the way people are talking down to people and now we have social media involved it's very hard now for someone who is let's say chubby for example and it's getting made fun of versus like us we go home and forget about it you're home you know mm-hmm. but now it's like it's all over and, and it's like not only just are you not not only are kids being made fun of that look like you in school they're also being made up on tv on the radio no matter where you go the example that mirrors you the most is being made fun of and that is not necessarily just have to be overweight it could be someone who has a disability a physical disability a mental disability doesn't know how to read as advanced as everyone else so I say that to say, like, this tough exterior that you carry, what would you say to the youth who ha- is carrying all that, but it is more of, like, rocks in a book bag, like, a, a weight on their back versus, like, I'm carrying this because, you know, I'm strong and, you know, I have to be strong-willed and go out every day. What would be your advice for someone who is dealing with carrying so much weight on their shoulders because they're dealing with everything that comes with that social aspect of school? Especially in New York. I just feel like New York is just like a fucking jungle. That's a good question. Like, what would you say to to a child, you know? I'd be like, if he was talking to me, uh-huh. I'd be like, talk to me. Yeah. And leave it, let it simmer. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of the fact, once you, even just saying something, yeah. at the moment, obviously you're not solving the solution, calling mm-hmm. the guy up, doing what you gotta do, mm-hmm. telling who's on who, like mm-hmm. who did what, mm-hmm. who's bullying. Mm-hmm. No, they're simply expressing how exactly how they feel. They, If they were to cry when they were getting bullied or whatever someone was saying to them in person, like they would look super weak mm-hmm. and they're already feeling weak because they're getting exactly. ganged up on, you know? Exactly. So it's like, forget about all of that right now. Yeah. Speak. Mm-hmm. Literally just speak. Yeah. Open the floor to them to feel like someone's actually yeah. listening to them. So Even if it takes three times, four times for you to let them, they gotta speak because at the end of the day, you can't find a solution to something that you don't fully know the whole picture of. Right. And as a parent, I could be like, oh, my child's getting bullied, or she's, she got, um, she started to get bulimic um, because of this, and now she feels like this, and I'm going to target them. Yeah. But it's like, what made her feel that way? What are you going to have back up if you're going to go sue somebody or do something like that? Yeah. What did they say? How did they say it? Like, everything goes back to the way it's worded or yeah. stuff like that. So you need to talk to her mm-hmm. to find out what is really going on. What the was said, her. who was said, yeah. when would they say, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. everything. And at the same time, she's letting you know how she felt and expressing herself and letting all of that anger out. Oh, like, yeah. words are beyond, if it was a being, I'm just, if words were a being, it's an incredible being. Like, I did not know how much words meant Mm. and the power that words had yeah. until I had experiences with my own words with certain people that I didn't mean to hurt, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, damn. These, these words actually hold like, substance. Yo, <laughs> like, yeah. And now communication is one of my favorite things. Like, yeah. 
Let's I be as clear, yeah. as clear as we can. Yeah, let's not leave nothing, you know. Yeah, and what you're saying, even though I'm not going to agree with it, I'm going to be pissed off, like you cheated, you offended me, whatever the hell is you saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to take them because I really want to know yeah. what's up. And you can only know someone something 100% from someone. Exactly. Whether it's true or not, yeah. just the hundred percent, the whole story, the whole length, whatever, hundred mm-hmm. percent of whatever it is that you're trying to get is through conversation, through conversation, yeah. like communication. Do they want to be as honest? That's up to them. But they're mm-hmm. still talking to you until some giving you some type of substance, you know? Yeah. So communication, words, communication, yeah. power. Yeah. yeah, I feel that. I feel that because the question was definitely, you know, what would you say to these kids? And you pretty much to sum up, sum it up, it's like communicate you know if if you feel like you have someone around you who is dealing with that try to communicate and don't come from a place where you're like like you said like say so much just kind of open the floor and let them just kind of throw it all up or say whatever they want to say or say whatever they might not really want to say much but at least you said something that kind of could penetrate you know uh uh, domino effect of thoughts. You don't know what's gonna happen. Because they're not telling you for a reason. Exactly. They're holding this in, not letting you know that they're being bullied, dying inside, yeah. dying physically. Exactly. And you don't know. Exactly. It's because they're not talking. That is so true. I mean, that hit me because I was like, damn. My, if if I could go back to my experience, I wish that my mom probably would have sat down with me more and asked me the logistics of it. But also, a part of me was afraid of my mom too. I was afraid of her reaction. I was afraid because my mom was the type of mom who would pull up at the school. The, the lady you yeah. just said who did it. My mom was that person. She was that at was the school. Mom. Just is my mom. Yeah, exactly. It's our so, mom. Speaking of mom, since we're here. Um, Tell me a little bit about like um, this pressure that because I feel like the reason why I had all these anxieties with telling my mom anything is because I feel like the sense of subconscious pressure to do things right by her to not disappoint her. So how like how would you um, if you are let's start off with that. Do you feel like you ever experienced some sort of pressure from your mom? Yes, of course. I, I feel like. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. like, she's like, I was yep. gonna go into like a whole thing, but I was like, you know what? That would have been a little stereotypical. I'm not gonna get into that. That's not professional. Um, but yeah, for sure. Like, your mom wants you to be the best, of course. But like, then you, all, I've always hear conversations with people who say like, my mom is like, you know, she's she wants me to be the best, but she doesn't make me feel bad for it, you know? I feel like when I say like this sense of pressure, it's like I feel like if I were to tell my mom exactly what it was, it's like I'd get in trouble for that, you know? It's Yeah, 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 no. You get all, I've definitely experienced all the types of pressure, but yes, yeah. in specific to like feeling like you're doing something bad after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a ton of times, like, everything like even if unlike if you was to go touch the cookie jar you'd be like hey don't touch the cookie jar like a, <laughs> not a regular mom but you know yeah, like, yeah. i don't think dominican mom's talking about the cookie jar we have no cookie jar we uh dominican mom be like no me toque it's a cookie jar and they're already threatening you like from the eyes and the tone it's different and it's like it's, it's different. just a cookie jar like so then you grow up Thinking like, oh, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do that. It's a pressure. And, and that's the type of pressure that builds up. Yeah. yeah. Like, it can start from something so small. So small. Yeah. That's really, that's really deep. Because I remember, like, 
I, there was one time that me and my sister were running down a hill and we tripped and we fell. And when I tell you, my mom, instead of consoling my crying ass for my bloody ass knees, I got. Because he wasn't supposed to be running down the hill. Exactly. And she done told you with a scary eye, A child who's engaging in sensory motor things. Yes, figuring it out. Figuring it out, getting dirty. What is a scratch? What is? Does it hurt? Does it not hurt? When does it hurt? Sometimes you fall, you don't even feel that. Exactly. Your leg is already broken. And you're exactly. Like, well, exactly. You know, so, but I think it goes back to culture and mm-hmm. what they're just passing on what they, they experienced, yeah. what they learned, how they were stopped from doing certain yeah. things. Uh-huh. Not learning so much of what is motors, sensory motors, and learning, and touching, and assimilating, and accommodating stuff, you know? So, to me, sometimes I get a a little tripped up by this, because we talk about, you know, their generation, and what their generation taught them, but a lot of times when I have conversations with African Americans, or Caucasians, who are from America, that wasn't really something that they necessarily experienced, you know what I mean? In the essence of, like, you know, uh, this more of like, let's say of a fearful type of mentality or, you know, they cuidado, be careful. Like, I feel like with, especially with Caucasians, their parents are very like, go try, yeah, go try it all. I feel like um, for African-Americans, Asians, they're definitely more like, you know, go try it all. I feel like for first generation- It's like a a level of thing, like Caucasian, super free yes um asian american black yeah medium but dominican caribbean latino super i definitely feel like latinos especially if you are you know your parents are immigrants and Mm -hmm. your first generation touching ground here in america and how america works it's like for us it's like completely different on you know understanding how we're supposed to live life in society because our parents who are supposed to be your first educators are the ones who are really putting on us like this fear be careful go to school you have to go to school you need this only way you're going to make it if you don't do it this way you're not going to make it and it's like we're the first generation who are finally getting off this fucking ship of like the, the, do it, do it. exactly yeah, it, so when we have our generation we're we're going to be the first ones who are kind of instilling the American kind of mentality of like, okay. you know, try it, you know, although society overall wants us to be mediocre and not really try anything. But I feel like our generation is like the first generation who's really coming in here and it's going to be the our next generation, the children that we have, are going to be experiencing kind of the experience that we I think we wish we would have had. Yeah. Where I, we're more aware of things, we're more, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's you like... Had- you're like the middle. Like exactly. now, you're about to push your fort, push the ones you want to push out. <laughs> the way you push yeah. Your, that, your parents' experience and then your experience. They, you know, mix it up together and make the best combination. Exactly. And I feel like sure. that's exactly what the next generation. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I think that's also, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, that's like when, who, how I'm trying to raise whatever future children I have. Like, yeah. My mom was a great mother. Yeah. But there are certain things that I felt like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I think about it, like, you have to reflect, like, mm-hmm. what, a, what, a, what this situation, 
how did it affect me now? Like, yeah. I think about like growing up with her and what certain values she gave me and mm-hmm. what she exaggerated about that I yeah. don't think it should have never been exaggerated, yeah. you know? And it's like, why is she exaggerating? Like, I, in the beginning, I wouldn't think about that. I would have been like, yo, what are you doing? Like, why are you being so extra? Like, yeah, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. And I'm like, I had a counseling session, a mock counseling session with my partner yeah. from school. Uh-huh. And in one of them, she's like, but don't you, she was the counselor, I was the client. Uh-huh. And she goes, but don't you think that she's saying this? Instead of looking at it from control, don't you think she's saying this out of somewhere from love? And I'm like, straight up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those moments you'd be like, oh, this kind of works, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of works. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you're supposed to be doing. You're making me relax. You're you know? making my insurance pay you I'm really worth like, it right okay. now. I was like, you're right. Damn, it is about love. So now you can't be so upset. Mm-hmm. So now you think about like, what does she experience that she's so worried about? Exactly. But then at the end of the day, yeah. after you reflect on all of that and after you think about all of that, mm-hmm. you decide what you still want to choose. Yeah. Like, do I still want to continue doing those things? Yeah. It makes her worry. So now you got to find a solution how not to worry. Her. Right. You know what I mean? And that's it's not exactly solely stopping what you're wanting exactly, to do. Exactly. It's about Sometimes finding that solution is hard. It is. That's really interesting that you the, say that. The, it goes back into how much love you have for the person, who it is, yeah. what do they mean to you, yeah. like sacrificing, you know, yeah. in every single culture there's different types of sacrifices you know, sacrifices and, and religious um, backgrounds and ranges and backgrounds yeah. that they have to do because of mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, you know. And it's up to you if you want to do those things. Yeah. So, but... It just is working right. It's always about finding solutions, and they don't seem clear mm-hmm. super fast because I clearly did not think about reflecting and trying to understand why she's doing what she's doing until maybe a few years back. You yeah, know? yeah. Maybe two, three years back. Yeah. And I'm what 25. Exactly. Like I was only 23, 22 when yeah. I decided to kind of give a fuck. <laughs> That's you, you know, if you want to be. Not that I didn't give a fuck, but like being real and, and you know accepting responsibility. I was being an asshole. Yeah. That's part of growing up, though. I expect my children to be assholes as well. Yeah. Not intentional, you know, because a lot of things that I did are not were not intentional. I did not see how it was affecting her. I did not understand that. Yeah. I still love her to death, but there are things that she doesn't agree with that I still kind of want to do. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. Now I gotta find other solutions. Those solutions that I'm talking about. Yeah. Fixing the problem, but keeping what you want to do. And it's interesting because it's kind of like it plays into the idea where, like Nipsey said, that life is a marathon. And I feel like I don't think that he necessarily just meant that it's like in business and career. Like literally everything that you do is going to continue to change, grow, and you're going to have to constantly reroute and uh, adjust and and find a way to get that puzzle to work again because it's going to fall out of whack. And it's like with our relationships with our parents, I feel like that's a, that's something that we're just gonna have to. It's gonna be a forever thing because as you grow, your parents are growing. So now you're experiencing a different version of your parent. Like your parent is now an elder. Like who are they gonna be when they're old? You know, it's a whole different animal. Are they gonna have an, an a mental a mental illness develop that we're gonna have to deal with? Like it's a whole bunch of things that we have to. You really don't. You have to brace yourself for yeah. anything that can come with it. Um, to kind of like uh, wrap up just like a little bit, like th- life can like do a lot, like we were just saying, like to shake you up, to, to like, you know, 
put you in a place where you feel uncomfortable and you gotta find a way how to navigate around all those things and all of that. Um, but it's always nice to kind of get out of that and have a moment where you feel at peace. And I, I realize that a lot of times when I do things that kind of bring out that inner child in me, I feel like I kind of tapped in, I centered myself, I connected with myself again because children really honestly are like the only real true form of a real human experience until society kind of fucks that up. So when you, to, I, I, like I want you to tell me like three things that you do or that you experience or that when you're around it, whatever it is that you feel like activates that little girl in you again and makes you feel kind of like at home? Um, this is a tough question because I have so many things, but I don't know if I'm going to hit your question pinpoint like correctly, There's no but such I'm going to do I'm gonna three things, yeah, go, three go. things that I make me feel free or good or like experience and stuff like that. Yeah. There has to be humor around like, ooh, whatever's happening, you. like, if I'm by myself, mm -hmm. I'm probably laughing at something. <laughs> if I'm with you, I'm laughing yes. with you. You yes. know, we had so many laughs. Yes. Like, there has to be silliness, humor, foolishness, like, yeah. I gotta laugh. Like, I love that. It could be the person that I'm with, it could be the environment that I'm with, yes. like, absolutely anywhere. If there's humor, yeah. I'm free, like... I it makes you that. not feel too shy around the other person. Yeah. Like, or whoever's there, if you're new into a group. Um, yes. Music slash dance. Uh -huh. I kind of put them together because like half of the time, I love to dance, but mm -hmm. I mess up so much. Like performing, <laughs> you don't feel that. And I freaking hate, like I love performing. Yeah. I've performed since I was like, Eight. Yeah. At that time, I get, I clearly got all the steps right. I'm not too worried about who was watching <laughs> to like mess up every time. Yeah. But I like to dance, and I feel like I need to get back into it and deal with someone because I take forever to learn the steps. Oh, yeah. everybody knows that. If you remember dancing with me, or if we got to be. <laughs> They'll be like, come on, Lizzie. Like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be there. Like, you know what? I'm gonna just give up because y'all taking, you doing better, and y'all doing faster, quicker. I'm not trying to waste nobody's time. Yeah. But like, yeah, I want to do it again and just. Take just the for time. fun. Yeah, and take fun. the time that I need to take to learn something. Yeah, no pressure. So the goal is to eventually learn one choreography, like. Oh, that's cool, so cool, exciting! Cool. So, whatever. Please I'll record it. <laughs> oh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, so, and music, because I said I'm always with my headphones. I don't go to the store around the corner of my house without my headphones. I'd be so sad when my headphones are gone. Dang. Left them at home, stressed, music, music. I feel music. a lot of people can connect with that. Yeah, like music, space, everything. Yeah. Um, I could be in a space by myself, and as long as I have my headphones, I'm in my head doing some dance moves. <laughs> I have like this whole story fantasy line that I think should be a movie. So oh, keep it to yourself when somebody takes it, bitch. Oh, I gotta hear it off, off like. <laughs> um, and the third thing, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Humor, music, dancing. What else makes you feel activated in that little girl in you? Like you That's just feel crazy. like you feel home. Like I guess caringness attention not attention but like you know when you care for something like oh would you like some tea like you know sometimes you will someone walk in your house and be like i don't, I don't feel like i need to offer you water uh -huh. but there's other people yeah. that walk in your house and you're like can i get you like water yeah like yeah. you know even like people that come over with your friends for the first time sometimes you'd be like oh can i get you water mm -hmm. like that type of atten attentiveness yeah not attention but attentiveness is yeah it's very 
genuine to me. Like, I'm always willing mm-hmm. to serve or, I feel you. you know, even it's just a, a smile to someone. Like, at my job, I have a lot of people who come in with people that we support. Yeah. Um, to be with them for the day. And, like, I'm only seeing them from one day. Yeah. But... I'll make sure they know they're there. Like, I'm not just gonna sit in the room and talk to all the individuals I support and not speak not to speak them because they're just focused on one person that's mm-hmm. there. I'm like, what's your name? Mm-hmm. This is what we're gonna do for the day. Yeah. Like, you wanna go outside with us, with him or her? Like, yeah. let's get you integrated into the space. I love it. Like, so you, when you kind of bring people together and kind of yeah, like, make everyone feel acknowledged. That makes you yeah, feel. Even if it's just one person I'm talking to. Yeah. You know how many kinds of come random conversations I've had on the train? <laughs> you be speaking to everyone. Some people, yeah, some people just grab me and I'd be like, oh, I was trying to listen to this song. Oh my God, that's happened to me. I could, I could press play again. <laughs> I could pause it. Yeah. <laughs> and next thing you know, you heard their whole like, fucking life you know, story. And it doesn't even mean like, yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't even Making you feel good. Like, sometimes you're in the same space, but you don't really have to talk. Yeah. But you feel comfortable. Like, you could be sitting straight in a chair. But if I make you feel comfortable, I guess it would be a vibe at this point. Since yeah. we're talking about anything. Yeah, shit, yeah. But next thing you know, you're slouching. And you're yeah. comfortable enough to slouch around me. Yeah. Wherever you are, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, whatever that is. It's energy, vibe, including you. Having yeah. a word with you. Yeah. Even if I have the resting bitch face on and you yeah. clearly still want to talk to you me. You know, listen, this, All I'm, right. really, I'm really learning that this resting bitch face is like literally like whoever has that on is it's like. It's a gene. Matter of fact, let's just make it as a gene. It's, it's a, a gene. gene. <laughs> but listen, the, the inside of that person is like holds like a really mm-hmm. amazing person. I see it time and time again, always. always. Like Thank that you. face and that aura or how you think you're perceiving this person houses like an amazing person. Like, Lissy, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I hope you guys got to experience what I told you, that that love that overflows and radiates within her. I'm so happy that she came on here and opened up and spoke to you guys about some real shit. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in and stay tuned for more episodes and vitamins for breakfast. There goes my alarm, bitch! All right, love you guys. This is so cool! Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you were able to gain some perspective as well as something positive from today's guest. My goal is to provide a platform for the population of people whose experiences have helped them grow, can be heard, and possibly help someone else stand taller in their skin. Tune in next week to connect with another bold spirit. And I ask you to please leave a nice review and share with anyone who can benefit from a little vitamins for breakfast.